Hi, I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And welcome to Trendline, a podcast about polling. Uh, you can hear us every other week, wherever you find podcasts and also on YouTube. Uh, obviously, the big news uh, this week, uh, Nick, is the huge truckers protest on Parliament Hill throughout Ottawa. I don't know if you've uh, uh, heard anything about this. Truckers protest? What truckers protest? Am I on the right show? <laughs> yes, the truckers protest. As you and our listeners and viewers might know, uh, the office is one block from the House of Commons. Mm. And I'll tell you, last Friday, Michael, last Friday and Saturday, I was in the office, and that's all I was hearing was, uh, all day long. Wow. French numbers while listening to a horn honking. But you know what? Um, the truckers were out in full force. Uh, I, For me, I could just tell you what I saw. Mm. Uh, I didn't see anything disrespectful. I didn't see anything really confrontational. Very uh, enthusiastic horn honking, mm -hmm. absolutely. Flag <laughs> wagging, waving, I saw that too. And uh, not a lot of people in the protest wearing masks on purpose. So it's kind of like, I'd be wearing my mask and they'd be like, hey, you, what are you doing? You're not one of us. And I'd be like, sorry, I'm just following what the public health authorities say. So, uh, so yes, a disruption downtown. Um, the other thing is that it's clear that it's, it's not just transport truck drivers. Um, lots of people with pickup trucks and trucks mm. just in general. So uh, a new popular front, I shouldn't say new, a popular front coalition uh, that wanted to send a message to politicians in Ottawa. Well, we'll talk about that in this episode, Nick, if, if this is signs of a, a bigger movement. Uh, I, I hear that they're uh, getting more organized with uh, with statements of, of intent now. Um, so I, I want to talk about that. As we're recording this, uh, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is facing a threat to his to his leadership. Uh, and, and how much of that comes from this movement that we're seeing with, with the truckers protests? We'll talk about that. Also, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney faces his own truckers protest at the U.S. border. And the uh, Freedom Convoy got some major support from our southern neighbors. Uh, former U.S. President Donald Trump came out in support. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But first, um, how is Aaron O'Toole doing right now? And how much of this do you think it, does it have to do with this, this movement we're seeing? Well, you know, there are a couple of things at, at play, Michael. When we look at the national ballot trend, what's interesting is that both of the main federal parties are below 30%, which is bad news for both of those parties. Mm -hmm. New Democrats are at around 20 or to 21%. So that's, that's actually a pretty good number for them. And numerically, the Conservatives are ahead of the Liberals, but statistically within the margin of error. But the thing is, is that when we start looking at the preferred prime minister trending and also perceptions of the leaders, especially O'Toole and uh, Trudeau, that's really where the numbers start to plummet. You know, Trudeau's actually at a low that we haven't seen since 2019. And views of both of those leaders are not very strong right now. So the truckers, if I can say, are an enabling or triggering event for folks within the conservative tribe, specifically caucus members hmm. who uh, are grumpy, right? Probably they've been grumpy. I think since some of them have been grumpy since Aaron O'Toole was was selected the uh, leader of the conservatives because they thought they were getting a social conservative. And then uh, he turned out to be a little more progressive or at least more progressive than they thought he was. So the, the trucking rally is basically has put a spotlight and has mobilized the grumpiness within the conservative caucus. Hence the vote this week uh, on Aaron O'Toole's future. 
So uh, before the, the trucker convoy even reached uh, your fair city of Ottawa, uh, we, we saw Conservative MP uh, Pierre Polyev come out in support of it. Um, Andrew Scheer, the former leader, also came in out in support of it. Uh, they, they're really kind of, you know, pushing for support. And, and Aaron O'Toole was sort of, a, I don't know if it's fair to say, a, a latecomer to, to the cause. Uh, uh, so how much, you know, how much does this bode for the, I mean, what does this mean for the future of the Conservative Party if, if they're sort of being pushed in, a, in, in this uh, direction? Well, you know, the fact that this particular vote is or has occurred, mm -hmm. right, is actually a problem for the Conservatives because that's all for average people and for people that might be open to voting for the Conservatives. They basically look at the news and they see, well, the Conservatives this week had a vote of, uh, had a vote of like the up down finger on uh, or thumb, I should say. They didn't give mm -hmm. O'Toole the finger. Uh, maybe some of them did. But anyways, <laughs> let's say it's a thumb uh, on on his leadership. And that just can't be it just can't be good news whenever a significant portion of uh, any caucus votes in favor of having a vote. The fact of the matter is it didn't really matter what the outcome was. Mm -hmm. It's bad news for O'Toole and bad news for the conservatives. And, you know, what's interesting is that the, the trucking protest has basically allowed some of the folks that are not as happy with Aaron O'Toole as the leader of the Conservatives to draw him out. But you know what? O'Toole's trying to appeal to as many Canadians as possible, like every politician. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if he had taken a book, if he'd taken a page out of the book of other successful Conservative leaders, and I'll just mention two, Stephen Harper, Brian Mulroney, both who won more than one mandate, you know, they had the same type of elements within their parties that were a little more socially conservative than perhaps they were. And they basically didn't try to ameliorate them. They basically said, hey, who would you prefer to be in government? Would you like the liberals in government or the conservatives in government? And maybe, you know, Brian Mulroney was not a perfect option. And maybe for some, Stephen Harper might not have gone far enough on social conservative issues. But better to have for those individuals, better to have the conservatives in power than the liberals. That should have been the key message for O'Toole to the truckers. Not, am I perfect? Do yeah. I support everything that you want? But mm. who would you rather have at 24 Sussex? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really the, uh, I think that was a bit of a, a missed opportunity uh, for O'Toole, basically to say, yeah, there's some things that I support that you're doing because everyone is frustrated. They're wondering about when the, ma the, the, ma the mandates will end, when we'll get back to normal. I'm not comfortable with some of the other things that you've asked for or that you want, but who would you rather have as the leader of Canada? Would you rather have a conservative leader or a liberal leader? That would have probably been a better path for him if he had been more clear in articulating that. Um, I, I just want to touch on a, a, a sort of potential strategy for the, for the federal conservatives you've touched on before, Nick, that that there's room in the center, essentially, that there's some soft liberals, because as, as you said, with, uh, with uh, both parties, or both parties are under thirty percent uh, support right now, uh, and and this strategy that O'Toole had during the last election was sort of to you know more of a, a center right party. Maybe that maybe that's fair to say. Yep. Um, is that strategy still an option considering this this caucus revolt and 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 what's happened to O'Toole? Well, it's still an option, um, but the thing is, is the, the conservatives, you know, these the, the damage that's being done is completely self-inflicted. 
Like the conservatives have to be united. If they're not united, they can't win the election, period, full stop. Like it, mm. parties, parties don't win when they can't even agree on, uh, on some fundamentals. And you know what? The conservative party has to agree on what his position is on the pandemic. But, you know, the thing is, is that right now they're looking over their right shoulder. And what do they see? Maxime Bernier, former conservative cabinet minister from Quebec, now leader of the PPC. Um, you know, in our numbers, you know, the PPC in the last election got around 5%. Now they're starting to trend up a little bit. They're at like 6 7% now. It'll be interesting to see whether there's any other kind of bump on that front. And uh, But here's the other kind of complication. The other complication is that in our seat projections, the Conservatives are actually closing the gap right now mm. with between them and the Liberals because the NDP are moving up, right? That the NDP are splitting the progressive vote. So if the Liberals are below 30%, that's good news for the way the distribution of votes and potential seats works. So here's the ironic twist. The Conservatives are looking at torching or getting rid of, of Aaron O'Toole. And right now, the seat projections haven't looked better than they have in quite a long time because the liberal numbers are down and the NDP numbers are better than they were in the last federal election. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Nick, I, I wanna move on to Alberta where we have another trucker uh, convoy and this one at the uh, US-Canada border. So Alberta Premier uh, Jason Kenney has, has come out strong against it. Um, uh, he's called it, it flat out unlawful. Um, why is that a different situation? Why can he come out against it so in such forceful terms as opposed to the federal conservatives and what they're dealing with in, in Ottawa? Two letters, PD. Do you know what that stands for? Any guesses? No? Political defibrillator. He's got like this <laughs> defibrillator because when you look at the trend line on his polling numbers, yeah. he's, he's trailing the new <laughs> Democrats. He's the sitting premier of Alberta. Alberta is a pretty conservative place, conservative-minded place with a very strong conservative tradition. He presided over the unification of the conserv different conservative parties to win the last election. And now he's trailing the person that he defeated. And Rachel Notley and the New Democrats are now in the driver's seat. So he's got, this is like, Michael, a political defibrillator. Hmm. He's trying to resuscitate support and he's trying to tap into the truckers' protest the good thing for him is his protest is not against him or mm. his government or at the legislature in Edmonton. His protest is down deep in the heart of Alberta, Southern Alberta on the US border where truckers are spontaneously, and well, why don't we just say that it's spontaneously or organized in an organized way, trying to uh, disrupt things in order to have their own uh, trucking protests. So, so he's uh, basically trying to re-engage, change the channel for a lot of Albertans who have been disappointed with his government over the last year, and uh, to try to move those cons united conservative numbers, because right now they're not really looking pretty good from a polling perspective. No, um, and, and I have to ask, I mean, if, if we're seeing a, a future you know, position opening up for the, for the federal conservatives, do you think... Kenny, given uh, the low numbers he's got in Alberta, do you think he would ever uh, consider it, let's say? Is this some kind of Star Trek alternative universe <laughs> that you're talking about? Sorry. No. This is like, this is like the mirror universe. If he can't <laughs> hold on to support in Alberta, what makes anybody think that conservatives anyplace else would vote for him? I think, you know, mm -hmm. what the interesting trajectory about Jason Kenny is, A, first of all, 
He was an extremely successful cabinet minister and loyal cabinet minister to Stephen Harper. Hmm. Jason Kenney was, if not the architect, one of the key conservatives behind the ability of the Harper government to connect with new Canadians, um, you know, like in the Mississaugas and stuff like that, and, and in Vancouver and other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And, and he united the conservative movement in Alberta. You know, you look at those things and you go, wow, this guy's got it all. He speaks French, he's from Alberta, successful cabinet minister, didn't make any mistakes, politically astute, uh, united the Conservatives in Alberta, like that ticks a whole bunch of boxes. You'd think he'd be on a trajectory potentially if he so chose to be the prime minister or the leader of, uh, of the Conservative Party. And then governing, it's kind of like, it's like quagmire. It's like Vietnam. Like, mm. He's fighting a land war in Vietnam and he's <laughs> just getting bogged down with a lot of these details. Mm. And, uh, and all those things that led up to him being premier suggested a very positive and strong trajectory for him to be a key player, leader, part of the conservative positive brand across the country. And it's just unraveled under his premiership uh, as he's kind of led Alberta. So it's the, it's the alternative universe. It's kind mm-hmm. of like he's in the alternative universe with the alternative Spock and like maybe Jason Kenny's got like a mustache. A goatee. Or something like that. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that's not, not happening. Wow. Well, Nick, uh, after the break, we're going to talk about, uh, yes, former U.S. President Donald Trump and his support for Canadian truckers. Uh, Nick, so uh, the Freedom Convoy uh, has gotten a, a major supporter from our southern neighbors. That is former U.S. President Donald Trump. Uh, they've also gotten a shout out from Elon Musk. Uh, what what is this interest that Trump has in in Canadian truckers? Well, you know the thing is, you know, you you talk about the freedom kind of convoy. Doesn't that sound American? It sounds yeah. very American. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you know, and and when was the last time Donald Trump said anything about Canada? Uh, when was the last time he said anything nice about Canada? You know, NAFTA. Know I think renegotiating yeah, NAFTA. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> Your volume's not turned off, listeners. Um, so think of it this way. For Donald Trump, you know, what he sees is uh, a movement that's very similar to movements and sentiment that he is stokes and encourages in the United States. Uh, so he probably finds this very validating. Like Elon Musk, I don't understand Elon Musk because let's face it, he's, he's the grooviest CEO in the world. And, uh, you know, Maybe it's because he's got that self-driving truck business that he's hoping mm. that the truckers things up. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but you know the thing is, is that this uh, this protest, this freedom kind of convoy in Canada that is led by truckers, mm. um, definitely is not just on the agenda in Canada. It's on the agenda in the United States because in the United States they're talking and they're having the same debate uh, related to. Uh, personal freedoms and rights and uh, and and a path forward out of the out of the pandemic. So why don't we say that that populist anti-establishment contagion, I won't even call it a virus. It's a contagion, a fever mm. is now in Canada. So congratulations, mm. Canada. This is our first real big protest anti-establishment movement that we've seen in a long time that is very similar to things that we've seen in other countries like France, the United Kingdom, the United States, 
even in parts of Germany. Hmm. And it, do, it does feel like part of a much more uh, global phenomenon that, that continues. Uh, I, I think with the, with the trekkers, we can sort of trace back this movement all the way back to the Alberta uh, Wexit movement. Um, but, but as you said, Nick, the, the language of freedom, we even saw uh, uh, at least one Confederate flag during this protest for, for one, of the, one of the protesters in, in, in Ottawa. Um, how, how much of, a, how, how, what is the possibility that this becomes more organized? Do you think it will be sort of subsumed by the, the People's Party or, or will it become its own party? Or where, where is this going? Well, let's face it, Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party, is looking at this, this protest convoy like a big political pork chop. Like he's looking at this and thinking, here's an opportunity for him to continue. You know, the last election was a breakthrough for the PPC. Let's just say that. 5% is good. They, out, they, they, they got more votes than the Green Party of Canada, right? That's been around for a while and had members in the House of Commons. So what Maxime Bernier is probably hoping is that this further galvanizes anti-establishment kind of views against Ottawa, and also that he becomes kind of the, the kind of the convening power uh, around these individuals. And, uh, and you know, so I, I think, and it, this is kind of very much like the last federal election. It started off with some people that were not hot on the vaccination policy of Justin Trudeau to come out and protest, and then others joined. Others that were thought that the Liberals were a tired government. Others that thought Ottawa was out of touch. Others that thought that there needed to be change. And we've seen the exact same thing here. It might have started off with the vaccination of truckers. And Michael, we must say, for disclosure purposes, that between 80, depending on how it's counted, the estimates are that between 80 and 90% of truckers are vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're not getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Truckers are just as vaccinated or more vaccinated than other parts of our country. But what's happened is for those that are vaccine hesitant, it starts off with them. And then what happens is others who are upset with the government on a number of other issues join. And that's why we see some of these other elements that are part of it. And, uh, you know, I think that's basically the risk is the characterization that some of the fringe, more fringe elements of this truckers protest are more mainstream. And it's hard really to know what it really is. But mm. the fact of the matter is, it, the truckers protest is now a platform to send a message to Ottawa that Ottawa has failed, that the federal party leaders, especially Trudeau and O'Toole, are not doing enough, that people are frustrated uh, with the government, that they're frustrated with the pandemic, and they want to get their lives back. And you know what? Even for Canadians that are not supportive of the trucking protest, that frustration exists for them. They want to know, are they going to be able to send their kids to school? They want to know when they're going to be going back to work. And now we're coming on two years, mm. Michael, of, uh, of a pandemic. So should we be surprised that uh, every Canadian wants to spank every politician that they bump into? And not in a positive sense. Not in a positive sense. Yes. Nick, uh, thank you as always. Uh, before we go, I just want to give a shout out to our our esteemed leader, uh, Trevor Coral, who, who got this podcast uh, up off the ground and running. Uh, this is his last episode. He's, he's, uh, he's moving on. Uh, he's trucking on, I guess I'll say. Um, so Trevor, uh, thank you very much from all of us and the uh, Trendline team.
Uh, and Nick, as always, thank you. And thank you to our listeners. You can find us again in two weeks. Take it easy.